Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You're listening to episode number 125 of the Awesomers.com podcast series. And that means all you need to do is go to Awesomers.com slash 125 to see today's show notes details. Sometimes there's a nice little summary and even a transcript for your edification there at the Awesomers.com website. So definitely take a look at that. Now, today is a part two of our three-part episodes with my good buddy and uh, brilliant uh, tactician and entrepreneur Rob Jackson. Now Rob is a leading mind in the world of analytics, uh, data attribution, uh, and, and really a top expert. And we're lucky to have him to talk about some of these big picture things, not to mention his own origin story, which is fascinating in its own right. So we're going to jump back into the story midway. And uh, yesterday we talked a little bit about his origin. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about some of those defining moments. And let's get into that story right now. All right, here we are again, everybody. Steve Simons is joined again by Rob Jackson. And we're talking, uh, I'll give you a little review. What we talked about already was some of the, the background of where uh, Rob came from and the fact that Liverpool has its own language, essentially. And uh, uh, the, the the golden nugget was uh, Liverpudlian, uh, for those keeping score <laughs> at home. So I love that. Um, but Rob, today I want to you know get into this idea of you, you talked about university. Um, t- talk a little bit more about that, and, and then what your first job was out of university. Sure. Yeah. So I uh, did computer science at uni. Um, this was this was back in the day. I, I went to university in uh, two thousand one. So I was I was coding in Notepad back then. There were no visual editors or anything like that. Everything was Windows ninety eight. So it's quite a different world uh, than than the one today. Um, but I, I guess what, what was great about it, uh, it, it was a, a broad view of the of the computer science world. So we did little bits of uh, HTML and website building, little bits of um, SQL, little bits of AI, little bits of neural networks. So even though it's only a bachelor's degree, it sort of gave me sort of quite a good appreciation of um, of of you know the, the different aspects to that that technology world that were out there but I I think like most kids I came out and was sort of looking for any job I could get and it's actually quite funny that um, I was um, looking in the local newspaper um, as you do back in you know 2004 when (laughs) it wasn't so easy to find jobs on the internet and and I lo and behold I see a job advert uh, for a digital marketing agency called Latitude 
uh, and it had the word internet in it. And I thought, well, I've done a computer science degree. This has got to be something to do with me. And I, I think there's an irony in finding an internet job in a local newspaper. Um, <laughs> yeah, dripping with irony. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I joined them right at a time when the search marketing industry was, was booming. It was, uh, that would have been uh, right at the beginning of 2006. Um, so that, that whole space was, was um, exploding at the time. And Latitude, right back then, they were they were there or thereabouts of one of the top search marketing companies in in the UK. Um, and there was a real in, a real um, culture and inv- an environment of, of achievement. So there was like a, a a group of other kids who were similar to me coming out of university, who were all quite ambitious, and they really leveraged that sort of um, positive feeling about the sort of trajectory of the, of the industry at that time. And, and yeah, I was really lucky. They, I, I was fast-tracked into a management program. Um, so I, I, was, I was very much, um, I, I, I sort of did campaign management, but I was very much on the analytical side. I think my strengths often from a production point of view lay really in, in data analysis. I, think I, I knew quite early on that I, was, I, I enjoyed the more technical side of, of digital marketing, so I sort of gravitated towards to that tech side. And then... Um, and then I was put into, like I said, the, the a management program. And I ended up quite quickly doing some international operations in India. So, um, so they, they said, you know, would anyone be interested in living in India for seven months to, to run our offshore? And I said, yes, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And had yeah, a great cultural experience over there. I was there for seven months. I took a team of um, sort of, there was seven people initially, but... By the time I left, it went up to 17, and we hit all of our targets and had, a, had, a, had a, an incredible experience doing that, of sort of um, doing a sort of a leadership role that was way out of my comfort zone, that was something completely uh, different to anything I'd done before. And, and actually, I think, you know, doing something like that and then going back to work in the UK seven months later gave me um, quite a nice outside perspective of, of, of coming back to my old job as well. Um, and I think that that was quite a big turning point in my career because <clears throat> I remember like coming back and um, with that outside perspective, I, I remember writing a, an email to my boss saying, you know, I'm really concerned that you know, we're not really looking at some of the, the most important innovative aspects of our industry we're not looking properly at marketing attribution we need to do more with digital analytics we need to do more with cross device as, as mobile was emerging um, we need to do more with conversion optimization and um, he replied and said yeah the, the ceo wants to see you um, and so i just assumed that was a <laughs> it's hard to say if that's good news or bad news yeah no, I, I definitely assumed it was bad and um he called me into his into his office and said I, I absolutely agree with everything you put in this in this email. My sort of mini Jerry Maguire moment, and he said, I'd, "I'd like you to move to London and set up an operation within the business to to tackle those challenges." So, so I I, I think I'd literally been home from India a, f- a matter of weeks, and I was I was packing up again, and then and then moving down to London to to launch a department. So that would have been in. 2007, 2008, 2008. That would have been. That was when I moved moved down to London and um, was the, the 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 little kid in the big city, I guess, for the first time, which was also really good fun. Yeah, I imagine the contrast. Uh, what what city in uh, India were you in? Pune. 
Okay, yeah. So Pune, you know, many cities in uh, India are big by default, but very different regardless of the size um, between mm. Pune and London, right? Uh, it, the contrast must have been staggering. Absolutely, yeah. It was, I mean, interesting as well because obviously India has a, 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 a real solid IT education system. So I, I actually met lots of computer scientists when I was over there. The team I was working with were were very strong from a technical capability. Um, but it was it also helped that uh, Goa was just a short bus ride in the other direction as well. So I had Bombay, Mumbai, uh, north of Pune, which is obviously an incredible cultural center, uh, and then Goa south for the, for the weekends when I wanted to get to R&R and relax on the beach. So yeah, the, the, overall it was, it was an incredible experience and one I'd, I'd highly recommend to anyone. Yeah, plus the beaches to the south of London are not, uh, they're beautiful in many ways, but they're just not as a weekend getaway type spots. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I like Brighton. Brighton is a, a great weekend getaway. I've got some great friends there. Uh, you just won't catch me in the water. It's freezing, like, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, crazy <laughs> cold. Uh, so how about, so you talked about, you know, some of that um, energy that you put into putting into this new department. Was there a defining moment between then and now that kind of put you on the road where you ended up on uh, with your own agency? Yeah, I, actually. So I went to so in two thousand nine. So we we had we had really good success in my. It, we called it the conversion analytics department. So it was taking analytical principles, digital website conversion, and and sort of marrying that with with um with the search marketing component of of, of the business, but. Um, I went to a Google conference in California yeah, in 2009, and I'd never been to the West Coast before. I've been to the East Coast quite a few times, and I've got friends from New York and stuff. But when I was in California, I was really struck by the, the sort of entrepreneurial vibe that I think was, was happening around that time. I think the sort of, obviously, the emergence of, of, of Google and you know, a lot of those tech giants. I, I just remember hanging around in the Bay Area and being overwhelmed by this sort of positivity, this sort of drive to to to, to create things and some and stuff like that. And I knew, I think I knew straight away when I was there that I, I was going to start my own business. I, I wasn't quite sure in that moment what it was going to be. And then a week later in in Palo Alto, I um, I met a couple of chaps. Uh, who just started a analytics company in Barcelona called webanalytics.es. And um, they they were looking for a business partner in the UK. They said, Rob, we, we're, we're looking to take over analytics and digital analytics in, in, in the UK and Spain. And we're looking for someone who has got uh, the Liverpoolian charm. And <laughs> yeah, what a we, funny... we, hit, we hit it off so, so well. It was a chap called, a British guy called Mike Potts and, and a Catalan fellow called Pera Rivera. Pera, uh, if you if you look him up as well, is 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 one of the superstars of of data in in Spain. He, he runs in a fantastic company now called One Tandem, which is an incredible data visualization agency. Um, but yeah, we we it was the the timing, the the, the backdrop of of uh, the Bay Area, uh, and I think a couple of beers as well. Were, were involved and um, and yeah, I, I came back to the UK, went into conversation with them, and then within a few months, we decided to do a to do a joint venture. I was I was leading up the the UK side of it. They were they were going to head up the Spain side. 
one of the stipulations that I had when I was negotiating with them was that I was going to be allowed to come to Barcelona regularly and, and visit oh, them. Oh, yeah. that's clever. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, and then that that was a really different um, experience because whereas maybe Latitude when I joined was was 120 people, it was a a company that was well on the way to to doing its first, you know, taking on board its first big investment. Um, the the DBI outfit was was very much like a family. You know, there was there was only 20 people when I joined. I I was number one in the UK. I was on my own in the in the UK for the first few months and. It was this um, that that incredible sort of you know family feeling of a unit of everybody on the same page pulling in the same direction all being really creative and and supporting each other in in, in a myriad of different ways and uh, yeah it was just an an, in, an incredible experience to, um, to to do that and and across two different cultures as well to like to sort of be in another old world port city Barcelona also. On, the, on that same arc as Liverpool. Um, and then really, you know, something I, I, I massively enjoyed was um, not, ha not having any excuses anymore. So the team I put together in London, um, there, was no, there, there was no one to blame anymore if it, if it wasn't the right fit. And you know, the, that, that original team of guys I put together, I, I just remember thinking uh, it was the best team I'd, I'd ever worked in. And to have that ability to, to shape something from, from the outset was, was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, and we're all still very close friends to, to, to this day. And so we'd, we'd have this sort of cultural overlap with the Spanish team. We were doing some great work. We picked up some fantastic clients. We grew quickly in, in, the, in the first years. And then... Of course, we were we were acquired by the by the Havas Media Group in uh, twenty thirteen, and, and yeah, twenty thirteen that happened as well. So amazing, yeah. So a lot of progress. Now, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of the folks out there, especially those who have you know put together startups, we know the the feelings of excitement and you know hey, the buck stops here and and all of these types of feelings of you know we're gonna we're gonna do it together, you know, or die trying. Uh, mm. But how did you? What was the you know, one of the secrets to growing so quickly? How did you guys kind of hit the ground running so fast? Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think, you know, because I, because I worked predominantly in service side, in the service side of the, of, of the digital marketing industry and of the digital business industry, I think um, I really set out to have, um, a set of very basic principles in the beginning. I think the idea was um, ultimately we as a collective, we had a job to be to be smarter than any team that the client could put together internally in our, in our given space. And I think once, once we worked towards that end, you know, once we were putting different types of um, sets of expertise together and, and encouraging collaboration between them, um, we didn't need to really pitch then. So I, I think I, I sort of maybe became a little bit frustrated with the, 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 in the agency world, it's about creating this, you know, image of how, of, of how well your company is going to be able to do the job. Whereas what I said to the guys, actually, we don't need to pull out any BS. We don't need to oversell ourselves. We don't need to pull the wool over the client's eyes or try and make, um, you know, margins where they don't exist because what we're going to do, we're going to do a good job 
we're going to do it on time and we're going to do stuff that really adds value to the client's business proposition. And what I always try to say to the team in the beginning was, you know, we're, we're not a supplier. Our, our goal is to become a, an, a very important part of the client's internal team. And that is, that came about by doing, doing a really good job, doing it on time, being honest. And, and ultimately, and you know this as well, Steve, it's, it's about being nice to people, you know, but relation, relationships are such a core part of, of any business. And so I really tried to encourage that my guys, you know, got to know the clients, spent time with them, spent a lot of time on site with them as well. Um, go and, you know, find out who worked in the call center and find out, you know, who does what, even if it's outside the scope of what we were doing, because that really bound us to it. And I'll always remember the day when one of our biggest clients, they, they called us up and said, we're going to take you out. We're going to take you and all the team out for dinner. And I said, well, normally in my experience, it's supposed to be the other way around. It's normally, you know, the supplier taking the clients out for dinner to curry favor. So I remember when, when that moment happened thinking, we're doing something right there. Yeah, you're on the right track for sure. Well, there's no doubt that you guys accomplished that mission. And, you know, your fast growth was the result of, you know, doing things that are that seem so obvious, right? Being nice to people, delivering what's promised. Hey, what about if you did it on time, right? These crazy concepts that seem no, so outrageous. And, and as people hear them, sometimes they may think, oh, that's trite or that's easy to say. Everybody wants the silver bullet. Everybody wants the, the magic recipe. But really just doing what needs done when it needs doing can be a real magic formula for success. That's the ultimate, uh, you know, Absolutely. hack, if you will. And I, and I think this is it. You know, if, if more, because I think there's a real trust issue in, in the sort of agency world at the moment now. You've got, you know, the advertising standards agency in, in America finding out about, dare I say, fraudulent, you know, practices when it comes to margins and things like that and i think there's been a damaged relationship between suppliers and and clients in 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 the sort of agency space um i think i guess you know fortunately for us because we're an, an analytics agency we were very much accountable for anything that we did because we had to produce the numbers to back it up anyway but i, th I think there's you know going back to that thing about it being you know part of a relationship i think if you, if you keep it simple, if you do those things and keep those principles at the core of everything, then then the trust will follow and the relationships will gr will grow and blossom and become partnerships as opposed to a, a client and supplier one. Yeah, I definitely know, and I can speak firsthand that you guys have uh, executed with excellence in that regard. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way, and and you know ultimately uh, there are some some definitely lessons that I know that you've learned and maybe even your best day in your professional life. So we're going to do that uh, right after this break. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, this is Parsimony ERP, and we get one question over and over. Can you please tell me exactly what Parsimony does? Well, we'll try, but this is only a 30-second spot, so we're going to have to hurry. Connect to your Seller Central account and pull all the new orders. Enter the orders with all customer data. Enter all of the Amazon fees and charges. Store them at the item level. Generate profit and loss reports at the SKU level. Automatically generate income statements. Handle multiple companies. Handle multiple brands. Handle multiple currencies. Facilitate budgets and forecasts. Store all customer interactions in a sophisticated CRM system. Manage your supply chain. Project and task management. Maintain an audit log. Hey, you get it. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y dot com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. 
Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. Uh, it's always fun to uh, to talk to Rob, and you know the you learned in part one of our three part series that uh, you know Rob is now living in Lisbon and has you know lived in all kinds of fun places from India to you know being in business is you know having a partnership in Barcelona. He's he's just a fun guy and has has been around and seen the world, and I really appreciate getting perspectives from folks from all over the world, from all walks of life who've been around and really understand you know, some of the differences that exist in, in various parts of the world for different reasons. But one thing is clear, Rob is a world-class expert in analytics and you know, data attribution and kind of understanding how to draw insights from generic data. And that's something that entrepreneurs need. And he's certainly an expert in that respect. And, and I'm lucky to say that, you know, even as he has exited one of his companies and, you know, taking a little bit of time as he's freelancing, he's still engaging with uh, a good buddy of mine and with a company in the uh, United Kingdom and helping them on a regular basis. This is a great matchup and a great lesson for entrepreneurs out there. When you find a great resource, stick to it, you know, hold them accountable, but have fun along the way. And Rob talks about that idea of having fun and being nice and so forth uh, in in this whole series, this three-part series. So again, to review, this is part two of a three-part series with Rob Jackson. We'll be back tomorrow with our final part. You won't want to miss it. And this has been episode 125 of the Osmers podcast series. And so that means you just go to osmers.com slash 125 to find today's show notes and details. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers Podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Osmers involved at Osmers.com. Thank you again. Osmers.com.